today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You blew it, man. Yeah, I did. I blew it, man. I wouldn't, you know, you know what? There's a hurricane warning anyway. I wouldn't go to church today after what you did. See where this, you know it's not the Lord when it distances you from the Lord. That's, that's not conviction, that's condemnation. And there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8.1. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 1 Timothy. If your church expects you to be perfect before you walk through its doors, it's greatly misrepresenting the mission and design of the church. As Pastor J.D. will explain in today's message, nobody you see in any church is perfect, at least not by the standards of the law. We all desperately need God's grace. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in 1 Timothy chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Can you imagine growing up where, where your half-brother is perfect and sinless? His room is always clean. He's always obedient. Can you imagine mom and dad? Why can't you be more like your brother? So he grew up like that. You know, church historians actually, I don't mean to go too far off into this, but it seems like I already did. Uh, church historians suggest that it wasn't until later that James came to a saving knowledge of his brother, the Christ. But I mean, the thing I love about James is, I mean, he just pulls no punches. And one would think, wrongly so, by the way, that he was mean. Oh, no way. He was up front, in your face, head on, because he loved and cared enough to do so. And that's why when you read the book of James, you don't really enjoy the book of James. He's more like endure the book of James. It's one of those books where, and we're going to get there, maybe before the rapture, we don't, we don't know yet, but uh, it's one of those books where y- you just, y- you study that book and you walk away from it going, am I even still saved? It's so, it's been likened unto the New Testament book of Proverbs, the wisdom in it. It is so full, so packed full of wisdom and exhortation and rebuke, needed rebuke. And such is the case here in chapter 3, verse 1, where he says, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers. Do you want to know why? I'm trying to talk you out of it. You want to know why? Because you know that we who teach, he's including himself, will be judged more strictly. Now you know why I wanted you to be here, because I want you to be convicted like me, because (laughs) I'm going to be judged as a teacher of God's Word. 
more strictly. I'm going to be held to an account when I stand before the Lord with what I did with the gift that He gave me of a pastor and teacher. I'm going to have to give an account and I'm going to be judged accordingly more strictly. Well, it's this third one that I want us to spend the remainder of our time on. It's in verses 8 through 11. And this would seem like a firm grasp of the obvious at first read, but the reason we confront is to lead them to Jesus. I'll even take it a step further and add, in some cases it's to confront them to lead them back to Jesus. I think about what Paul said to the Galatian churches in chapter 6 about restoring somebody that's gone off the rails, as we say, but do so gently, lovingly, humbly, and be careful yourself. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought, but if you love them enough, you're going to be willing to confront them, get them back on track, get them back to the Lord. Well here, Paul seems to provide us with some specificity as it relates to the problems that Timothy had to confront as a young pastor. And it seems that there were these legalists who were misusing the law, and in so doing, falsely misplacing people under the curse of the law. And this is not the intent of the law. That's not the purpose of the law. That's not why God gave the law. The reason why God gave the law, the intent of the law, is to show us us. Stay with me. It's a mirror. It's perfect. Flawless. And it's a mirror, the mirror of God's law. When you look into the perfect law of God, you see yourself as God sees you, not as you see yourself. Because isn't it true? We always shed ourselves in the most favorable light. I always think about the book of Proverbs, which we just finished recently, and how in the contrasting Proverbs, you know the ones where it says, the righteous do this, but the wicked do that. Here's what we do. Somebody comes to mind, yeah, they need to hear this. Because of course, what can I say? <laughs> the righteous do this. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's like the Lord's going, that's not you. Oh, <laughs> no, that's self-righteousness. And self-righteousness, Isaiah says, is as filthy, and you'll forgive me, but in the original language, it is referring to a minstrel cloth. A dirty, a dirty cloth. That is what your own righteousness is. And there's actually, uh, without getting too far into it, uh, an explanation for it. Because see, it's a death when there is no pregnancy. 
See, and that's what your righteousness leads to, your own righteousness. So that's what it's like. So now we have a problem here. So I'm, isn't it true that the hardest people to share the Lord with or to confront and speak truth to are the ones that are like, what's the problem? What's your problem? I'm not hurting anybody. I'm good. It's all good. Don't you, don't you hate that one? It's all, listen, I, you'll forgive me, but it's not all good. <laughs> it's not. In fact, it's really bad. It's really bad. And one need look no further than into the mirror of God's law to see just how bad it is. That's the purpose of the law. That's the intent of the law. And it appears that what was happening was that they were bringing people back under the law. And that was causing major problems. Because if you really think about it, if I'm back under the law, (laughs) I'm doomed. And so are you with a capital D and a capital doomed too. (laughs) I mean, we've all fallen short. We've all transgressed, and that's the whole point of the law. Let's just talk about the Ten Commandments just for a moment, okay? We look into the mirror of God's law. Commandment number one, guilty. Commandment number two, guilty. I can go all the way through, as can you, all ten of those commandments And when you ask me to enter a plea, my plea has to be guilty as charged. Now what are you going to do? Because you've broken God's law. you've, uh, You've fallen short. You've transgressed. What are you going to do? I don't know. What's the penalty? Oh, it's the death penalty. Okay, you just really ruined my day. You just ruined my whole life. So that's, that's kind of bad news. Yeah, I know, I told you, it's really bad news. You ready for the good news? I am so ready for the good news. Well, that's where the Holy Spirit, as the tutor comes, as we're going to talk about in a moment, and takes you to the Savior, the one who fulfilled the law for you instead of you. And that is what Paul is saying. These people need to get back to Jesus. They're, they're, they're in the law. They're under the law. And they want to bring you under the law. Listen to what he writes in Galatians chapter 3, beginning in verse 10. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, as it is written. Curse it is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Everything? Yeah, everything. Well, I've done most everything. No, it's not good enough. I've tried to do something. No, not good enough. You have to do everything. (laughs) Every time. And you have to continue to do everything. Well then, there's, there's no way. Well, that's the point. Jesus comes on the scene, says, I am the way, 
and I am the truth, and I am the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. You're the way? Yeah. How is that possible? Because I fulfilled the law. You did? Yeah. So I can, like, ride on your shirt tails? That's the point. That's what it is. That's, wait, you mean to tell me that that was the intent, the purpose of the law, was to show me how cursed I really am? Yes. Well, <laughs> because you can't keep the law. The law was never given to us to keep. He goes on, verse 11, he says, Clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God, because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says, the person who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole, as some of your translations render it, a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit, speaking of the Holy Spirit. Please stay with me. The only way to live a holy life is by way of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, holy life. You know the Christian I feel the most pity and sorrow for? <laughs> I'll raise my hand on this one. Because I do this. I still do this. I've been walking with the Lord for 38 years. I try in the energy of my own strength. Especially after I mess up. You mess up? Yeah. Well, you're the pastor. <laughs> you have no idea. Don't look at me like that. It's not, it's not being just, you know, I, I get in the flesh. I sin. John said the one who says he's without sin is a liar. So in the enemy's right there. And it's, it, it goes like this. You've, you've heard this. You've seen this movie, right? You, you've heard this song. You, you've danced this dance, right? <sighs> Can't believe you did that again. I'd lay low for a while if I were you. You blew it, man. Yeah, I did. I blew it, man. I wouldn't, you know, you know what? There's a hurricane warning anyway. I wouldn't go to church today after what you did. You see where this, you know it's not the Lord when it distances you from the Lord. That's, that's not conviction, that's condemnation. And there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8.1. See, the Holy Spirit will convict us, which draws us to Him for the forgiveness of sin. And conversely, the devil is condemning us to distance us from the only one that we can have forgiveness from. That is his chief goal, if I can say it that way. That's what he's all 
about. And he, he's always rubbing the law in our face. He's always rubbing our nose in it. You coveted, didn't you? You know, I, I saw what you did when you went on a walk to the beach that day. And you saw that new construction at home right on the water, Kailua Beach. Oh my goodness. You got like two guest houses, pool. They used to have a pool on the mainland. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I, I'm walking by this thing going, I mean, oh my goodness, this is, this is, wow. I wish I, I wish I lived here. And then the Lord's right there. And, and of course, here's the enemy going, you're coveting. I know, guilty, I'm guilty. That's a sin, I know it's a sin. And then here's the Holy Spirit going, you know, by the way, <laughs> JD, spoiler alert, this uh, thing you're coveting here, I mean, right on Kailua Beach, that's grand and glorious as it is, it, it won't even be like a toilet in heaven. I'm sorry, that's a horrible illustration, but I don't think there's going to be toilets in heaven, but I think you get the point. It, 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 it wouldn't even rise to the level of being an outhouse compared to the mansion that is prepared for you. What are you doing? Oh, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry. I blew it again. Thanks for bringing me back, you know, to my senses again. Back to you again. You see, that's what the Holy Spirit does. And that's the whole point of the law. It's to, it's to show you, you, and you blew it. Again. <laughs> now what are you going to do? That's Galatians 3.24. Therefore, the law was our tutor. Some translations render it schoolmaster. Now, don't, don't picture the principal who I was very acquainted with in high school, elementary school, middle school for that matter too. You know, with the, I mean, the strict principal that you were always in his office. I had permanent reservations. I had a seat in the principal's office with my name on it. Not that kind of principal. Not that kind of schoolmaster. It's more like this, this idea of a tutor, an instructor, that takes you by the hand to the Savior. <laughs> Here you are, you're, you're, you blew it. You have to go to the, not the principal's office, but the Holy Spirit is going to take you to the Savior, where there is forgiveness of sin. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we will but confess our sins. That's all we have to do. This is a good deal, by the way. I'm, I'm sorry if that sounds crass or, you know, raw, but this is a good deal. Two for one. <laughs> we only do one thing. We confess our sin. And then he does two. This is why it's a good deal. We confess, that's the one thing we do, and then he does two things. First, he forgives us instantaneously. And then the second thing he does is he cleanses us 
from all unrighteousness. And that's the other thing too, by the way, that the enemy does. You know, the forgiveness is there for the asking. I think about what James says again. We, we couch it in different terms in the context of what he says. It's in the context of prayer, but the prayer of forgiveness, asking for forgiveness, the confessing of sins. You have not forgiveness because you've asked not for forgiveness. The only thing standing in between you and forgiveness is just asking in prayer, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. That's it. And it's not like, you know, we do err greatly when we see our Heavenly Father through the lens of our earthly fathers. I had a I had a, my, I didn't have a great relationship with my dad. In fact, he was always mad at me. <laughs> I'm sure I gave him good reason to be. But I mean, it was so bad that, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to, I would try to sleep in until after he left the house, and I would try to go to bed early before he came back to the house. I just didn't want to be around him because he was always mad at me. I knew I was always in trouble. I think it was Mark Twain who said once, at the end of the day, spank your children, because surely they did something. That was me. I mean, I, just, I, I was always in trouble. <laughs> and so one of the things I had to understand, especially as a new believer, was that my Heavenly Father, not only was He not like that, He was the opposite of that. I mean, he's not, you know, that, you know, that when that's when the easy for me to say when the mom says to the kid, you just wait till your father comes home. Oh, no. And it's like not like that. It's the opposite of that with your heavenly father. You see, we tend to distance ourselves and we, we, we imagine our Heavenly Father just waiting with the belt. Oh, the belt. You know what I'm talking about, the belt? Or the wooden spoon. Maybe you're a spoon kid. I was all of the above, man. I got scars to prove it, too. That wooden spoon, you know, <laughs> and then the, the kids hide it. And you just have to go out and buy more. But our Heavenly Father is not waiting with the belt or the wooden spoon. He put all of his anger, all of his wrath, onto his only begotten Son, Jesus the Christ, who took the punishment for us, paid the penalty instead of us. He's not mad anymore. You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from First Timothy with Pastor J.D., approach each piece of wisdom prayerfully and ask God to show you how you can apply what you learn to your own life. He can and does teach you through His Word, so keep reading. If you're not part of a local church that you can call home, we encourage you to find and begin regularly attending one in your area. And if you're in or near the Kaneohe area, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. This can be found on our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. 
While you're there, you can also find more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates and the ABCs of salvation. This is a simple guide to sharing the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of 1 Timothy together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know how we can be doing that for you? Just fill out the contact form that you'll find under the About tab at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com or come find us on social media. There's a link to our Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us for this in-depth, verse-by-verse study of 1 Timothy on In Spirit and Truth. 